안녕하세요 여러분. 환영합니다. To the Not Podcast podcast where I, Louise, your podcast host, waffle for about 40, 35 to 40 minutes once a week. So, you know the drill. Grab a chair, get something to drink, sit down and enjoy the next 35 to 40 minutes. So, first on the agenda, I watched a spliffing, spliffing, spiffing movie called Malcolm and Marie. Now, in preparation for this podcast, I told myself, I'm going to watch this at least three times and take down notes. I watched it once, fell asleep the second time, and now I have the memory of a sponge. So, I probably... I, okay. I want to start off with the name of the movie. Wait, I mean, Paris. So, Malcolm and Marie is a little Netflix film where it is. it's basically following the the real-time events of a couple after Malcolm has his debut film, I believe, and kind of what ensues from there. Now, I know there's a particular person that hates when I do this, Marche, I'm literally looking in the fucking face, but I'm going to say, if you've not heard about it, Google it quickly. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's nothing to spoil, so I'm going to give you two seconds thank you so i'm not spoiling things for anyone i'm speaking directly to marche right now i'm not spoiling shit for anyone thank you (coughs) where was i but malcolm and marie is the real-time events of a couple who are kind of struggling and you kind of see that more and more as the movie pans out so they malcolm and marie from the i'm not sure if this was like oh it's directed by sam levinson who also directed Euphoria, has Zendaya, and um, I think his name is... I can't remember the other actor's name. Uh, what's his name? I also brought my laptop to fact-check things, because I'm not going to be caught like a bitch. Malcolm and Marie actor. Actors. Um, so it stars Zendaya and John David Washington. I knew his name was Washington, but I want to say George Washington, because I might get slapped. It only has 59% of rotten potatoes. Rotten tomatoes. <laughs> oh goodness it's, it was really good i loved it so from the beginning it's malcolm and marie and i do think that having it malcolm and marie and not marie and malcolm one highlights the english syntax about how we have it as and ours and how everything works but um i think it also shows that um malcolm ultimately has the power in the relationship which is so in so intertwined within the movie and the relationship that even in the name of the movie his name is first showing that he ultimately has the power so the beginning of the movie it is malcolm and marie they are coming in from a lovely night from literally the premiere of his movie and marie goes making him some mac and cheese and he's like oh stunning tonight you know men doing men shit he's like you look stunning tonight yada 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 then he's like playing jazz music i always want to notice how the use of i believe it is not contrapuntal music diegetic sound i think it's diegetic sound fact checker no um diegetic sound i did media in year 11 yeah okay Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah digestic sound but also the fact that it's also let me let me not get into that quickly but 
so he's playing some jazz music and each one of the songs has a meaning so he will play one song in a sentimental mood so like the editor will play that song when um marie is being sentimental which i think is wonderful let me look up because i wanna should have done a lot more preparation but i shouldn't have mm, funny that here it is malcolm and marie the soundtrack so this isn't it someone's pulling my legs jesus this isn't sorry everyone sorry everyone sorry uh well just so you need to know there's the use of diegetic sound so marie goes to make some mac and cheese for malcolm i think i might have said this but he's like oh what's wrong and she's like nothing you know when girls i know you're with me on this one when you say i'm fine but you know you're not really fine but you don't want to like start an argument because it's not like worth it because like you're like six out of ten on the angry scale like between six and an eight but she's like an add like a 7.25 she's a bit pissed and he's like is it because this person said you look beautiful and that i didn't stop them from saying it i scoffed i scoffed when he said that was so like what the fuck and she's a bit like uncomfortable and she brings up the actress that he works with taylor and how she hasn't really got personality then he's like oh but she's still making it mac and cheese bear in mind she's still literally making this man macaroni and cheese and he's trying to like eat her ass what it's let her make the macaroni and cheese she's like no he's like on his knee he's trying to like scooty her booty and she's like what what butter do you want salt or like unsalted and he's like i want you and she's like what butter do you fucking want and he's trying to be all like sexy and she just wants to get to sleep and he's she's like flashes a smile at him and he's like what kind of smile is that that's a big ass smile and she's like no i'm fine and that's where it ensues watching them argue oh my goodness gracious me they are not good together but at the exact same time they're not good together i don't know how to explain it so marie then says i I believe she says it here that a big reason why she's angry is because he did not thank her at the premiere and people are coming up to her and being like oh my god it's such a brilliant film he didn't thank you though how do you feel about that and at first she wasn't annoyed but then as more and more people kind of told her oh this is kind of out of order she then kind of realized oh no i got completely mugged off which is muggy it's completely muggy if my boyfriend i'm looking right at you right now if my boyfriend did that like he based a movie off of my life oh this dude based a movie off of my life and then didn't even think to thank me and then started gaslighting me oh my god your toes would be gone oh i'm I'm actually getting why am i getting so angry about this why am i getting so (laughs) why am i getting so mad so um but the whole thing malcolm never even says thank you to marie and there's this one part where he's eating the macaroni and cheese but like it's it's a good it's like craft mac and cheese i love that mac and cheese personally um 
it's great great mac and cheese i personally prefer box mac and cheese i know literally no one asked but i prefer box mac and cheese to like getting the pasta and cheese i i'm also like piss intolerant so i can't really make a big i don't have had it in a while because it hurts my tum tum but one day in the next life when it doesn't hurt my tum tum i'm gonna be drowning in it love i'm gonna be drowning in it but um here it is uh so i keep like like divulging and i apologize so she has just finished making him macaroni and cheese and he is berating her he's like so you'll think this mm, where else mac and cheese so you'll think that mm, wow it's banging then he goes to get seconds that's when marie is like you are such a sick person that while you are berating me you're there thinking i want my mac and cheese she's like you're a cunt damn this mac and cheese is really good you're a cunt damn fuck that like this mac and cheese is really really fucking good you're a cunt like the way how they even use dialogue in this film oh my god i love how there's little stutters and like in a normal conversation how to get someone else's attention you'll probably be like speaking over each other or saying their name it's such like a natural film like the use of natural language as opposed to making everything over scripted i would say sometimes it can come across as a little bit acty over acty but other than that it's a really good like view at the film so some stuff kind of happens i'm trying to remember what happens uh oh she is like pissed off at him she's pissed because she's like you can be angry at me while eat the mac and cheese that i made you and you can't even thank me he still doesn't say thank you so she goes to the bedroom and she's like i'm leaving now and he follows her give the girl some space that's literally zendaya give her some space mr washington so she it's it's her kind of like cat and mouse like she wants to get away from him but he doesn't want to finish the argument and he gets really nasty there's a scene um in the bathtub where she, like uh marie has gone away to literally just find some peace and calm while this man is verbally abusing her as a, oh, in the same scene with the macaroni and cheese she's like you can verbally you can abuse me from across this house and he's like abuse abuse she's like verbally and he's like good thanks to the clarification i just (laughs) it was just stupid i was like no fist fight him please but this is one the scene in the bathroom where she's basically having a bath and um she's just berated him about how his work is mediocre he doesn't care about anyone and the one takeaway is that his work is mediocre not the fact that she's brought up so many issues with the relationship but it's the fact that above the critique she has on him as a partner as a human as a film writer he only sees the film writing aspect but not the fact that he could verbally abuse someone and then contradict himself for the whole entire night men what what so she's in the bathtub minding her goddamn light skin business she's she's running her light skin business and he's like he's like mediocre what do you mean 
and then she's like rolls her eyes submerges herself and he comes in and this is one of the worst fucking scenes because the power play even i i believe the levels okay first i want to talk about the levels in this film malcolm is in this scene he is shot from above like he's shot from below so it looks like he's towering over her and she looks kind of small because she's vulnerable in the bathtub and he's berating her he's like oh so you think that the character of what was the character's name iman is based off you um the the bike scene it wasn't you and me in barcelona it was me and my girlfriend in central park um how the way how she walks that is christy no it's you the way how she ties her shoes to two loops that was christy not you then he starts to go on about how he's still proficient with the girls that he used to have sex with he's like um it's not kiki kiki getting to kiki in a minute but he's like um this one person keeps dming this one his ex-lover keeps dming him on instagram and she sends him pics of um the kids they had together like they didn't have together but she has kids with another man and the audacity she's like i wish i had kids with you and he's like uh, i think this is a quote he's like i don't know what to say so i just send a heart what that, that you're both wrong for that and then kiki so bear in mind he's just like berated um berated marie in the bathtub where she's trying to find her peace her black woman peace and he's like um kiki <laughs> um i fucked her in the penthouse suite of a marriott hotel i think we might have beeped on the bed and in the wardrobe and beeped oh this beep i beeped her in a heart-shaped hot tub where i have a pic a polaroid of her in their house that they have together so let's unpack that he is talking about a very fun sexual encounter he had with a past lover fine dandy that's out suited to it but my issue is that the fact that he can see that Marie's uncomfortable and then proceeds to tell her that they, she has a he has a picture of Kiki naked after they had sex, a Polaroid in their photo album. Is that not mind-boggling to you? That was so mind-boggling to me. I paused it and I took a walk around my bed and I came back and I was like, what did this Negro just say? What did this What did this Negro just say? I was so shocked. And you could see that Marie was uncomfortable and he was like, you know, the part of, of Iman that's based on you, the end. Where she loses our hope because she feels like nobody can love her. And I'm like, oh, just get out of the fucking bathroom. Then he finishes like berating Marie and he's like, you're a bad person. Nah, 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 nah it's just the whole thing is just an argument and then like the tone shifts again when um he gets the 
of the art basically this girl from the la times la la weekly wrote an article on the movie and it's just very like blase film critic shit and he's like this girl is uneducated but it's a good review overall it's a good review and he kind of just ignores that but he looks at the fact that he only focuses on the bad which is again his relationship with marie is that he only focuses on the bad and not the good so another big issue i have not with the movie but with malcolm is that um he told marie so they were about to they, they almost have sex three times in the movie and each time they do it creates an even bigger argument so after he goes off about the really bad review she is like oh and i don't know even how it happens but he's like a mom would have been perfect for you and she's pissed because so through the whole film it's kind of alluded to the fact that she was an actress and malcolm met her when she was 20 when she was drugged out this is this is a quote drugged out pilled out couldn't even hold a conversation without nodding without passing out and then he says that oh you would have been a perfect actor actress for iman which is so crazy because he's there like you could have paid her perfectly i think if you had roles to let that let you be you you would have been great and she gets up and she's like what the fuck i even i was like what the fuck because sometimes malcolm says shit and i'm like what the fuck that makes no goddamn sense because the whole film he's like like it must not based off you but then keeps talking about how she would be perfect with the role should embody the role she is the role and she's like you never let me audition and i'm like no way a scandal fucking hell so the movie kind of ends like nothing the thing is that nothing happens in the film it's just them walking around this really beautiful house but i want to talk about um wait so i'll just say in the end malcolm says thank you to marie all she wanted was a thank you that was it and he says thank you to her once then the movie ends and i'm like wow cinematography and they were acting their little sock they were acting the house down and i loved it it was so period but i want to talk about some stylistic choices made in the movie so i was talking earlier about um diegetic movie diegetic sound yeah diegetic sound yeah which is sound that is heard within the unit within the context of the film so someone puts in headphones or like a car going past the actors or the characters can hear it and the use of non-diegetic sound so jazz music in this is kind of used to portray and set the tone for the for the acts so there are like different acts within the film and i say each time jazz music is played is a different act my favorite one is there's a song called in a sentimental mood by duke ellington and john coltrane and while marie is lamenting about i don't think i've lamented the right word but reminiscing and being all sentimental wink wink nudge nudge um about how um just kind of like being really sweet and endearing to malcolm so she's like you do this thing whenever you're explaining movies it's really sweet and then the song in a sentimental mood starts playing and i kind of just like i went oh my god and i was like oh my god the music in this film reflects what the mood is so when she's being sentimental music like that's playing 
like a song called in the sentimental mood is playing when he's kind of being shitty to her and not speaking to her there's this one song and it's like the oh no did i forgot to be your lover i think no get rid of him get rid of him the music is actually there like you two have these crazy ups and downs i don't give two shit and the movie is also in black and white because both the characters are so morally gray this is my interpretation but the characters are so morally gray marie also rach um malcolm she calls him an ugly person says that he's not like his work isn't original he hasn't nothing to say with his work but also the fact that she's cheated on him while at rehab but on the other hand malcolm is not a good person himself he openly talks about his past sexual experiences completely forgets to thank marie who he says without marie he wouldn't have any of this and also spiritually ripped off marie's life while also adding some little drips of his to kind of save his own face all of that is a culmination of this really nice movie that i think a marriage story could never i've not watched the marriage story i've seen the thing where the guy punt starts fist fighting the wall i've seen that and that made me giggle but it was a like a realistic argument i think especially when you're in a relationship that isn't the most healthy like each time you have an argument it could be like it's just like everything's hanging on the thread you know and i think that's kind of crazy that's wild bro that's crazy like they literally argue as if they can break up any second and marie like alludes to that she's like you don't know you love people until you lose them and he's like what the fuck did you just say (laughs) overall i think the use of sound the stylistic choices in this film 10 out of 10 in my opinion and you should watch them now segue attack on titan I still don't know how to do segues, but I thought I'll talk about that for a little bit. And also the use of um, stylistic choices. With not even stylistic choices, just choices. I'm not going to talk about it for too long because I know not a lot of people watch Attack on Titan, I'm going to assume. I do. And I don't give a fuck about me. <laughs> so, I, like, piggybacking. I love, I love that phrase. Piggybacking off of. I'm not piggybacking off shit. <laughs> this, is a, this, is, this is a new subject. So, going off of the, like, the whole theme of stylistic choices and this and that, Attack on Titan is a masterpiece. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> but it's a masterpiece within its own self. And I've been seeing a lot of videos on YouTube that are trying to find the new Attack on Titan. Um... I would say Demon Slayer, but the movie isn't out yet, and there's not a season at all, and the manga is finished, but, Marche, close your ears, I've read the manga up to, cha- up to volume 9, it's quite good, it's quite good, I so I'm not too fussed about that, I feel so bad, I feel so bad, <laughs> 
much it kill me if you're listening to this but i i read up the jet volume 9 of the demon slayer manga and it's quite good so fight me but oh speaking of manga anyone watching the promised neverland raise your hands yeah um me and Marche are watching that at the moment and it really sucks because apparently the manga for the promised neverland is really really good it has some really cool arcs that kind of world build and character build but the anime did two middle fingers said beep that and they aren't doing it but back to attack on titan I, I genuinely think Attack on Titan is one of the best animes in terms of pacing, how it's written. Don't look at, don't don't just don't look at season two. No, I think season two was quite good because it actually, it was slow for a reason. I think in hindsight, but I've been watching Attack on Titan since about year ten, and kind of, whoa, it's actually kind of crazy. So I'm not going to go into too much depth about Attack on Titan because it's literally a cultural phenomenon. But um, I'm, we're, I'm, I'm watching season four at the moment. And the pacing and the foreshadowing and how I watch the... I like to watch YouTube videos explaining animes. And um, they said that every single detail within Attack on Titan isn't a throwaway thing. It is meant to be taken as a literal piece of information. And a lot of things were foreshadowed. I ain't gonna speak about them because we just might get on my ass. But it really is truly the anime to be at the moment. It's the anime to be. Hajime Sayama is wow. And the manga's not even finished yet. It's not even the manga readers know what's happening. And everyone hates manga readers. It's internalized. But everyone hates manga readers because they're like, I know what happens. Shut up. You owe your mum £20 for rent. Please. Go do something better with your day. I keep I keep sidetracking. But Attack on Titan. From season one, it established... Actually, season one, episode one, minute one. It established a lot about the world and how people are. And if you pick up on the clues, you would be able to figure everything out already. From the... F- not even the flashback but from the ability to see the future that Eren has in episode one where he literally sees his mum being yeeted out of the house and yoinked and oh my god it's such a good anime and I the promised neverland could be a contender but they just missed out too much of the manga for it to be substantial demon slayer is quite nice but attack on wow even the characters' deaths have significance. Each character has significance. And I think I want to rewatch the whole thing and kind of pick out things that I love and I don't like about it. But also, like, foreshadowing, because like, it's finishing in April. And, like, what, what could go next? There's going to be, like, a massive conflict. Oh, so if you don't know what Attack on Titan is, it's just, like... um apocalyptic dystopian manga anime series written by Hajime Yasuyama about these big like titans these big like humans that want to eat other humans then you kind of watch it some more and so season one is basically humans versus titans season two is 
question mark. Everything's question mark. It's like so it's human versus titans in season one. Season two it's like humans a what? Season three it's like humans are titans. Humans are quite literally titans. No 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 season two humans are titans. Season three humans versus humans. Season four Sasage Sasage Shinzo Sasage It's crazy. Like I'm I'm kinda of thinking about it now, my brain's stopped working because I'm here thinking about how crazy and how intricate even watching things back how it can be interpreted on the first watch for example this is one scene where they are at a castle i think it is season two season two and this is where you find out that a certain character is a titan shifter ymir is a titan shifter i'm not going to even apologize i'm not going to apologize but ymir is a titan shifter and on the first watch, so it is Ymir, Historia, Bertolt, and Reiner. Bertolt looks shocked because they see the Beast Titan for the first time. And everyone's like, Ew, what the fuck is that? Ew, little monkey. <laughs> they're like, is that a monkey? Because no one knows what a monkey is. So they're like, oh, monkey, monkey. I think it's the two people from outside the walls are like oh it's a monkey ha 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 but they look shocked because it implies so much that you know now as watching it season four but if you go back and rewatch it so basically the reason why monkey boy appeared was because Bertolt and reiner and annie fucked up they fucked up on their mission and like they're just there to get them back i think and also to kind of keep the mission moving so everyone's like monkey 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 <laughs> monkey and then um the titans make one of the pillars on the what do you call it uh castle pillars on the castle fall and they're like so when you look at it you can see Bertolt Ryan and Historia and Ymir Bertolt and Rhino look shocked I was shocked too but for different reasons because they know who that person is that is that is Zeke Jaeger the snitch Zeke Jaeger who's come there to kind of do like a recon- reconnaissance mission and when you look back at it Bertolt is about to turn into the colossal titan and I'm like oh my god that stuff like that when you watch it back again you're like oh bruh that we can't believe we missed that um is there any more that I can think of on the top of my head um other than Eren kissing Historia's hand and becoming literally traumatised. But so much is, like, foreshadowed. I, I watched a video on foreshadowing, and I don't know if I can talk about it, because some people... I'm literally still speaking to Marche. Some people are cowards. But um, something really big is going to happen in this season. I kind of think anything else is foreshadowed. I don't think so. There's, there's probably a lot more foreshadowing that I just can't think of. Oh, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. The whole thing is, oh, God. I don't know how to even get about explaining this, but the Attack on Titan world exists within, but also with, without the constraints of time. Do with that what you will. Do with that what you will. There is an episode where you kind of go to Mali, which is the... To play one of the places outside of the walls and um the owl 
not not an actual owl but the the owl guy he's like i'm at the end of my titan lifespan can you eat me please and then grisha's like oh yeah but i'll eat you and then the owl says like you need to save mikasa and armin <gasps> I just realized something. I just, oh my god. Now that makes so much more sense why he said that. Sorry, I just, I just freaked myself out. Basically, um, March and Matthew, don't listen to this bit. Don't listen to this. Bit. Stick your fingers in your ears and go la 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 la. Um, ah, the something really big has been alluded to so many times that these two boneheads haven't realized it yet. Or they've realised it. They might have realised it. I'm sorry for calling you guys boneheads. But... The owl says, you need to save Mikasa and Armin and the others. But but not... But not Eren. Now, why would that be? Oh, my God. Not the Attack on Titan lo-fi hip-hop in the background. The reason why he said to save Mikasa and Armin is because Aaron Yeager has gone off the freaking rails. He do be looking kind of hot though, but he's off the freaking rails. No, 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 no. I sound like I'm going absolutely stark raving mad right now. I know I'm going absolutely crazy. Here's me. Nothing in Attack on Titan is a throwaway detail. <laughs> me watching it. Why the hell did he not mention Eren? Because Eren Jaeger is like Loki the antagonist now of the whole thing. His morals have gone to shit. He is very pro-war, which is a bad thing. Wars are never good. Eren Jaeger is like the protagonist of Attack on Titan, but now he's like literally the antagonist. He's done so much doo-doo bullshit, so much fuck shit. Because he is... Um, Eren now well at the point that I'm talking about he has the power of the founding titan and the attack titan but then why wouldn't you say save Eren because Eren is part of you see how that see how that works none of you know what I'm talking about probably unless you're up to date with the attack on titan but see how that works see how that's a madness oh my god I can't wait to tell everyone oh I'm going to tell my diary this oh so I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop the the spoilers and the put two and two together, rub your brain cells together. And um, I'm gonna answer a question. This is from Mary. Hello, Mary. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Okay, sorry. How can I make people fall in love with me? Shake your ass. Yep, yep. Also, um, be your authentic self. People aren't gonna love. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in shock from what I just revealed to myself. But um, oh my god. Yep. Mhm. Mhm. How can I make people fall in love with me? Uh, first of all, you can't make people fall in love with you, but you can make them like you as a person. Be your authentic self and you know just do you people aren't gonna like you if you're inauthentic or fall in love with you if you're inauthentic they're not falling in love with you they're falling in love with literally an idea of you which is never a good idea because then like 
That's just some pussy shit. Am I right? That's right, bro. That's pussy shit. So how can I make someone fall in love with me or people? Just be yourself. And your personality will shine through. That's it. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah, I, I guess I could talk a bit more about that because that's super vague. But um, I don't know. Personally, I never really had any issues making friends. No, 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 no. That's cap. That's, that is cap. <laughs> but um, if I don't want to be friends with someone who does, who's not going to like me for me, especially as of like, if I want to have a substantial and like a fruitful friendship with this person, there's no point. Just be you. I sound, oh my god, Zoella Tings. Um, how to not be a Tory. She can't answer that. But I think making someone fall in love with you, it should be more about how can I make people want to think I'm cool. So I think that's what love is, is that you think someone's really, really cool. And you're like, oh, maybe I would like to marry this person because they can do a kickflip or a backflip. You know, people that can do backflips are really cool. But I'm trying to like think about this question because I've had time to think about it. But I've never really had any issues with this because I just try to be my authentic self and let that shine through. That's all. I know it's not really the best advice I could give, but that's just my genuine advice. If you want people to love you, also like show you're a fun person. Show you love a kiki. And people energy attracts energy, right? Um, like Ariana Grande said, 30 no no no. Uh just like magic, just like magic my finger to my thumb and then I snap it you know that whole song where she's like just manifesting shit manifest like your friends understand who you are as a person and you will attract people like-minded to you if you like people who like k-pop k-pop stand twitter is right there if you like people who skate skate park is right there pick up a board or like a heelys and go crazy down those ramps if you like people who are into books go to a library <laughs> oh, this is such bad advice i'm so sorry to anyone <laughs> but the point of it is attract like put the energy out that you want back so if you put out love and kindness and sincerity and and love and kindness you're gonna get it back and if you keep spending all like all the time thinking how can i make someone fall in love with me and not appreciating that you yourself are a lovely, kind, really cool and awesome person. If I'm talking to Mary right now, a really cool and awesome person, you won't have any issue. And I bet there's someone in your Japanese class looking at you being like, Zam, she kind of got a big fat ass and it's kind of juicy. You know, never know what people are thinking. The final, final sentiments of that advice just be you people love you no matter who you are if you're married if you're not married which is like seven billion people who just aren't married understand who you are put energy out that you want back in you can't make someone fall in love with you you can just make someone think you're a cool person you can do that you can but with that i'm going to sign off thank you for listening to the, for the past like 40 minutes of me literally rambling about different things um i hope everyone's having a really great day today or whenever you're listening 
this is going up on Saturday yep Saturday 8 o'clock so um, have a fantastic weekend or weekday stay safe drink water invest in some plants they're really good for your mental health and I'm gonna say good night bye everyone bye